We're no. just like, come on. <laughs> pretend Jen, I'm not, like we're singing. I'm not singing. We're not. No, I'm not singing. Or you record it. And you could say that right there and it would be funny. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm creating comedy. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to You're create comedy. Sing- yes. Well, no, I'm trying to create comedy like right now. I know. That's, As we that's speak. funny. <laughs> that's funny. I'm helping you create comedy. This is Angela. And this is Jen. We're from the Anomaly Podcast. You're listening to Rico on Treks and Sci-Fi. Thanks, Jen and Angela, for that very hilarious intro. And welcome to Treks and Sci-Fi. This is Rico. This is podcast for this week, 171. It is, let's see, stardate 0804. Two seven, That should be pretty easy to figure out. Anyway, it's a Sunday morning again. Time to do a little podcast. And uh, this week I, we've got a, a great TNG episode that I think I've uh, finally decided. I went back and forth. I'm going to do a full co- commentary again. I know I did one last week, but this episode is just so much fun. I, I think it's worth it. It's the TNG Next Gen episode, Hollow Pursuits, which introduced the character of Barkley uh, to all of us, and it's just uh, the episode's got so many fun moments in it. I didn't want to cut anything out, so going to do a full commentary on that. Uh, going to do our usual Trek and sci-fi news and information segments. We've got uh, a, c- a couple, kind of a d- couple different collectibles to look at, and uh, a whole much, much, much more. So uh, I thought, uh, well, let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for. Treks and Sci-Fi with Rico Dusty. The Array Hot. Prepare to download my program into the autonomous emitter. Treks in Sci-Fi. Stand by to receive our transmission. Your weekly dose of sci-fi information and geeky goodness. Treks in Sci-Fi. The Vulcan brain never ceases to amaze me. Welcome to the show, everyone, again. This is Rico, your host for Treks and Sci-Fi. I wanted to start out with saying that uh, I've gotten a lot of uh, recent uh, compliments um, seem to be kind of coming in for the last several podcasts. People seem to uh, like the way things are going and the way the show has been organized and and just lots of good things. I've, you know, I've constantly, it's it's been, you know, three years-ish or whatever that I've been doing the show, and I'm constantly trying to... Uh, you know, kind of change things up a little bit, but not too much. Uh, you know, I know how things go. People get sort of used to a certain thing, and they like uh, they like it a certain way. But I always try to sort of 
you know, improve it and, and make things a little bit better, more interesting. And also for me as well, I always I'm trying new things. Uh, but um, anyway, with all that said, I, I appreciate the uh, the emails, treksf at gmail.com if you ever want to contact me. And it's always good to hear from people listening to the show. And, uh, you know, even if you, there's something you don't like or, or, or something you do like, either way, send me an uh, email. Let me know what you think. A couple of few bits of uh, business here before we really get rolling. Uh, I have just wanted to mention to everyone, uh, if you've ordered a T-shirt, the uh, springish run, I'm calling it, uh, the third uh, T-shirt that I've done for uh, the podcast, those are in. I got them uh, Friday, yes, Friday, and I packed them all up in envelopes and everything yesterday, so they're going to be going to with me, uh, <laughs> I hope with me, they're going to go to the post office tomorrow, and or I'm going to take them to the post office. What am I trying to do? These these little envelopes have little legs or whatever? I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to be mailing those out tomorrow to everyone that ordered a t-shirt. I appreciate the uh, the orders, and you'll be getting a, a fancy new black Trexan Sci-Fi t-shirt to wear uh, this uh, con season or wherever you feel like uh, to all the cool sci-fi and fantasy films coming out this summer. Uh, you know, show off your geeky trekness uh, there. It's, uh, they came out really good, I think. I, I really like how they look, and I think everyone will enjoy them. The sizing seems to be good. I think uh, I know people ordered them a little larger this time. But anyway, those will be mailed out to you, uh, and you should get them probably towards the end of uh, this coming week. Uh, if you live a little further away, uh, it may take a little bit longer, but they will be on their way to you soon. Also wanted to make uh, another little plug for uh, I've been doing this Star Trek Daily Pick. If you go to the main com website, there's a link there to it. And it's just a little blog of uh, I'm putting up a new uh, picture from uh, Star Trek every day. Uh, from the movies, uh, from the TV shows, from conventions, uh, some collectible stuff, all kinds of Star Trek-related photos, some behind-the-scenes things. Uh, and uh, I'm also, again, asking anyone, if you've got an unusual Star Trek picture from uh, you know, from a con or whatever, just go there. There's a new email set up for that. I think it's trekdailypick at gmail.com. Uh, you could also send it to treksf at gmail.com as long as you put something like trekdailypick in the email. Uh, subject line i'll get it and uh if it looks like it's something interesting and unusual i'll post it up there but that's been fun i've enjoyed doing that and i try to uh, put up some uh, different types of things each day at the uh, star trek daily pick what's the latest of the new star trek movie let's find out well, I'm a big fan of uh, this TV show uh, on Monday nights called The Big Bang Theory. So uh, I'm going to let those guys this week tell you a little bit about the upcoming, uh, not really that upcoming in about a year, uh, that, that a little bit of information on the Star Trek movie done uh, in their uh, show. So listen to this. Ooh, more details about the new Star Trek film. There's going to be a scene depicting Spock's birth. I'd be more interested in a scene depicting Spock's conception. Oh, please. For Vulcan's mating, or if you will, pon far, it's an extremely private matter. Still, I'd like to know the details. His mother was human, his father was Vulcan. They couldn't just conceive. Maybe they had to go to a clinic. Imagine Spock's dad in a little room with a copy of Pointy Ears and Shapely Rears. <laughs> How come on Star Trek everybody's private parts are the same? No alien lady 
he ever told Captain Kirk, hey, get your thing out of my nose. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, sorry for the uh, slight uh, kind of pauses during that. I was streaming or playing it off of the internet while I was recording. But um, you can see that uh, full episode at uh, cbs.com. It's the Big Bang Theory. It's on Monday nights. I'll play one more little clip. Uh, they had a fun one at the end uh, where they were sort of doing a Star Trek trivia uh, contest thing. And uh, it, it's pretty funny. So I'll, I'll play that clip for you also right now. Okay, new contest. Anyway. I am settling once and for all who is the smartest around here. Okay? Are you ready? Absolutely. Bring it on. Marsha, Jan, and Cindy were the three daughters in what TV family? (laughs) The Brady Bunch. Okay. (laughs) Sammy Hagar replaced David Lee Roth as the lead singer in what group? Brady Bunch? Van Halen. All right. Madonna was married to this Ridgemont High alum. Oh, my God. Sean Penn. How do you know these things? I go outside and I talk to people. Okay, here. What actor holds the record for being named People Magazine's sexiest man alive? William Shatner. I don't think it's Shatner. Then it's got to be Patrick Stewart. No. Formal protest. All right, singer who sang Oops, I Did It Again? Okay. Tweety Bird taught he taught a what? Romulan. Yes, he taught, he taught a Romulan. Yeah, that's uh, funny stuff. Uh, you know, they, they obviously don't know anything about things that aren't geeky subjects uh, with their answers. Uh, William Shatner, Sexiest Man Alive, and the Romulan answer. It's a great show. If you're not watching that and you enjoy this kind of stuff, uh, definitely check it out, CBS dot com has the episodes up some other star trek uh, news and information they're working on the effects uh jj abrams is popping up in interviews uh online check over at trekmovie.com for some of that uh he's been doing some promotional work uh, right now since the cloverfield dvd just came out and but they are working on the post-production for the film saying he's saying the uh special effects so far are just mind-blowing you know this is probably going to be the most expensive star trek film they've done uh, even more expensive than the first one, the motion picture. So it's uh, going to have a lot uh, that's going to show up on screen. That's going to put a lot of um, fans, I think, uh, very or make a lot of fans very happy. But uh, so uh, again, not a lot of details coming out uh, this week about the film. But just everyone having some very positive comments in, in general about what uh, has gone into it. And, and I, I again still think JJ is going to be doing a great job, and everyone involved. So. Uh, I think that's about it for the movie. A couple other little tidbits. There were some new Star Trek comics in the last week or two. I'm enjoying those. They have the Year 4 comic. Uh, DC Fontana just wrote a sort of a follow-up to the Enterprise uh, incident. called. This one's called the Enterprise Experiment, so check out that comic. It's a, it's a multi-part series. This one is the, or the first one is out. I think that was out two weeks ago. They also just recently did another one of... Uh, 
the TNG comic that's been out. Yeah, I think it's called Intelligence Gathering. And also another one uh, that features the uh, Captain Calhoun and, and Shelby. That one's out as well. So a lot of cool comics out in the Star Trek world right now from IDW. What's going on in the world of sci-fi? Good luck keeping up. That was hot. I didn't expect that. Summer begins with a blast. You just went supersonic. What is it? I've got no idea. Iron Man, that's kind of catchy. Very nice. Iron Man, rated PG-13. Yeah, there's one of the little TV spots from the new Iron Man movie coming out uh, later this week. Oh, that's finally uh, here. Going to be coming out May 2nd. I think there's some uh, sneak preview kind of things Thursday night, you know, the midnight showings that they usually do for this stuff. Uh, It looks fantastic. Robert Downey Jr., I think, is perfect for Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Uh, And it looks like they're treating it, you know, both seriously with also some fun thrown in as well. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to this film. Uh, big comic book fan, not as much of a big Iron Man fan, but I, this may change me into one, I think, and uh, really l- excited about it. So uh, uh, next weekend on the podcast, I'm sure I'll be talking about my impressions of the movie. I don't think I'll be giving any spoilers away then because that'll just be a few days after it opens. But uh, I'm sure a lot of people listening to the show that like uh, this kind of thing will be going to see it uh, just when it opens next Friday. In theaters everywhere. Well, at least uh, at least in the United States. I'm not sure the worldwide schedule. They're, they're working on that a lot closer than they used to. So hopefully, if you're listening from another part of the world, you won't ha- have to wait too long to see this movie. So stay well, I'm uh, still caught up on Battlestar Galactica Season 4. Uh, I've seen the fourth episode, which just aired a couple of nights ago. Uh, it's still great. Uh, it really, it's turning this season. It seems to be very psycholo- psychological. Yeah, that's a that's a word. Psychological. They're they're dealing a lot with uh, individual characters and things going on with them. There's not as much uh, conflict directly between the humans and the Cylons right now, uh, or between you know the the fleet of humans and, and the Cylon enemies trying to sort of track them down. The Cylons are having their troubles. The humans are all having, you know, difficulties internally to them. So it, it's it's changed its tone a little bit, but it's still great, still interesting, and I urge everyone to check it out. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be, uh, I think I've said before, it's going to be difficult when they break this season in two, like they're going to have to. So, uh, but I it is just an amazing show, uh, probably my favorite on television right now, and uh, everyone should be watching. When you're not listening to Treks and Sci-Fi and our friend Rico, please listen to the Anomaly Podcast. You can find us online at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. Yes, check out Jen and Angela. Uh, Their Anomaly Podcast is always a lot of fun to listen to, and it's on iTunes. Just go to AnomalyPodcast.com to uh, learn more, and I think they have a new episode up. All right, now it is time to get into uh, this week's Star Trek episode, the next-gen episode, Hollow Pursuits. And since I'm going to be full commentarying it, comment- <laughs> I love inventing new words. 
Since I am going to be doing a full commentary, I'm just going to start playing the episode and we'll get right into it. So here we go with Hollow Pursuits. I don't want any trouble here, Barkley. Trouble? Why would there be trouble? Because wherever you go, trouble follows. Lieutenant Barkley, you're on duty. Is that a fact? It is, and you'll observe it. So get back to your post. Look, pal, why don't you do me a favor? Take yourself and your holier-than-thou attitude and get out of my life. This is insubordination, Mr. Barkley. Whoops, turn my mic up a little more. I really like the opening of this... Uh... This episode is Here's really a lot of subordination here. Uh, Riker, you're nothing but a pretty mannequin in a fancy uniform. You're full of hot air. Picard has a problem with me. You tell him to come and talk to me himself. So here we have the character of Barkley, Dwight Schultz, uh, and uh, a, a great intro for him. Really excellent uh, opening. I feel your confidence, your arrogant resolve. It excites me. Lieutenant Barkley, report to Cargo Bay 5 now. It'll have to wait till later, darling. Be right there. Save program. I just don't know what to do with him. The guy's always late, he never gives his best effort, just slides by. I'm telling you, I can't deal with it anymore. I mean, how does a guy like that make it through the academy? I think it's time we spoke to the captain about Broccoli. That's what Wesley calls him, you keep that to yourself. Let fits. Commander, a broken seal. Well, you better destroy it, those samples will be tainted. Is it a problem for you to report to duty on time, Lieutenant? No. No, sir. I'm... I'm very, very sorry, sir. It's just that I had a, a, a very important communique which required my immediate response. I don't want to hear it. Now, we're having an intermittent problem with this anti-grav unit. I want you to see what you can do. Mr. Barkley? I'm tired of seeing your name on report. I don't know what you got away with at your last posting, but this is the Enterprise. We set a different standard here. Understood. Understood, sir. Okay, Hollow Pursuits. This, uh... This episode is uh, from the third season of TNG, and uh, 
You know, it's when TNG really started to take off and, and explore some things they hadn't had a chance to, and just the characters are, are real well-defined and, and the actors comfortable in their roles. Even though in this episode, the character Space. of Barkley, played by Dwight Our Schultz, kind of takes center stage away from some of the other characters, which I think is always interesting, and uh, it's nice that they give that uh, opportunity out there for guest stars and things and didn't always keep the, the focus on, like, the main few uh, characters on the bridge. This, uh, let's see, uh, the episode was written by Sally Caves. I think a, a one-shot episode, as far as I know. I'm not sure if she wrote anything else for, for TNG. Uh, also directed by Cliff Boyle, who, dread, who directed the Dread who directed a lot of uh, TNG stuff. The, you know, again, the focus of this episode is on this new character, Barkley. Uh, Lieutenant Barkley, who is this engineer aboard the Enterprise. You haven't really seen him until this point, but of course the Enterprise being a huge ship, there's all kinds of crew people that you never get a chance to see. They do a, a good job of that in another episode called Lower Decks, which is another favorite of mine. Uh, and then, of course, in this episode, and, and Barkley shows up several more times, throughout Star Trek's history, uh, and uh, just a cool character. Dwight Schultz, of course, famous for his character Murdoch on the A-Team. Uh, this episode first aired, uh, oh, about the same time frame in April, at least, April 30th, 1990, so now, what, 18 years ago. So um, here we go with the first Captain act. We're taking on a load of special tissue samples donated by the Mikolax for shipment to NAMI-4. The Mikolax are, you know, the, containment just, of an the, the names of they come up with on TNG on sometimes world. always kind of everything, made me laugh a little everything bit. Everything looks... looks normal to me. Mm-hmm. Computer, activate anti-grav unit. Damn it. I, I don't understand... LaForge Engineering, I'll need more people in Cargo Bay 5. Anyone you can spare, LaForge out. We could use a hand, Mr. Barkley. Uh, I'll disassemble it later, Commander. It shouldn't do that. Well, I mean, I mean, of course it shouldn't do that. Uh, well, I, I mean, it shouldn't do that. One little trouble I have at first here with this episode is there... And you don't see all the history, but it seemed to be a little bit, you know, for the for the 24th century, for somebody who's maybe not quite, you know, the, the top-notch Starfleet officer, they seem to have some trouble with, to you know, dealing with that situation. And it, and that seems a little bit harsh to a degree to me, but I think that's material. part of the episode itself. And, I assume by your request and the reason they've done what they've done in this episode is well, to, say to show it, you a non, you know, perfect, I you know, 100% type character who's but I just don't understand a perfect this officer guy. Broccoli makes me nervous, Captain. He makes everybody nervous. Broccoli. Young Mr. Crusher started that. I guess it's caught on. Let's just get that uncaught, shall we? I like, uh, you know, Picard's attitude about it. It's a lot more like I would expect things Ratings to be. aboard the Zukov were satisfactory. In fact, I recall Captain Gleason speaking quite highly of him before his transfer. In retrospect, I wonder if Captain Gleason wasn't buttering our bread a little. He knew that we needed a diagnostic engineer. I've examined Barclay's psychological profile. He has a history of seclusive tendencies. He was noted at the Academy more than once. And yet he chose this way of life. He has made the same commitment to Starfleet that we all have. 
It's easy to transfer a problem to someone else. Too easy. Captain, it's not like I haven't tried. Try harder, Geordie. He's a member of your team. Try to find some way to help him to make a positive contribution. Get to know the man better. Make him your best friend. With all due respects, sir, my best friend. I can barely tolerate being in the same room with a man. I suggest you put your personal discomfort on one side, Commander. Dismissed. And that's why he's the captain, because that's the way you need to be. And, uh, you know, you need to push ahead and, and put a good example out there. You know, you kind of get what you give. So uh, it's, you know, they're having trouble with him. Well, it's only feeding the fire a little bit of Barclays insecurities and problems. If, if people were probably a little bit friendlier, a little nicer to him throughout this episode, hey, that kind of happens. And actually, LaForge and Barkley become How, pretty uh, good friends. How's eventually. it going? Oh, uh, it's... Uh, I, I, uh, I still haven't traced down the problem, Commander. It's all right. There's no problem. I've, I've uh, been planning to run diagnostics on the graviton inverters circuits. Smart plan. I'd say we're in good hands here. Well, I'll see you get a preliminary report. Whenever. Before the end of the day. Fine. Fine. Oh, say, Reg, how about sitting in on the mission briefing with my senior officers in the morning? The, the briefing? Me? I'd like your input. What on? I mean, do, 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 do you want me to prepare a... No, no, a just be there. 800 hours. I'll, I'll be on time, sir. Good. Good. Carry on. That kind of reminds me. There's always um, the different jobs and things that I've had have a lot of meetings of course like a lot of jobs do and uh, there's this sort of criteria you fall into of like uh, i'll go to some meetings but not others and i have to admit sometimes it kind of bothers me because i think there are some meetings i should be at uh and has anybody seen lieutenant barkley not yet it just uh, you know again if i was king or boss i would include more people in these situations i think it's important and it shows that you respect them and okay. value their input, and that's this the way you get the best out of people. is pretty routine, so we'll have plenty of time to realign the magnetic capacitors of both the matter and antimatter injectors. Duffy, Costa, that'll be your assignment. Well, we probably ought to do the flow regulator maintenance at the same time, Commander. That's a good idea. Ensign Crusher will be putting in some hours with us this week as part of his training duties, so I'll be assigning him to assist you, Mr. Myers. Be sure and teach him the difference between impulse and warp drive, please. <laughs> Lieutenant Barkley has been working on the mystery of the anti-grav failure we had yesterday. Your preliminary report had a couple of interesting theories, Reg. Why don't you bring us all up to speed on your findings so far? Yes. It, it, it wasn't a maintenance problem. Every, everything checked out. I'm, I'm going to look for a, a surge in the transfer coils. Oh, a coil surge wouldn't have resulted in field dissipation. I, 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 I realize that. But we shouldn't ignore the possibilities, Wes. You got to check the flow capacitor. Breakdown of that could have caused a chain collapse of the anti-grav field. Ah, uh, smarty pants crusher at it again. I, I was going to. Good. Okay, then. Let's uh, take a look at that realignment procedure. Again, some of the expressions Gentlemen. of the other people in the crew here uh, to Barkley is just kind of... Not so 24th century, if you ask me. I mean, these guys should be a little bit more forgiving. I just didn't know what to say. somebody else who isn't quite, you what know, you again, the perfect said? officer, perfect engineer. Should have engineer. told him to mind his own damn business. I knew about the flux capacitor, but I 
Now Barkley's in talking to uh, Counselor Troy. You're letting this get you much too upset. You think so? Why are you so hard on yourself? You don't know. It's hard out there. I understand. But let go of it. You're here now. You're right. Of course. Of course. Let me help you relax. I'd like that. I bet you would. Now, of course, we're in another simulation, another holodeck uh, simulation with Barkley uh, kissing Counselor oh, nice. Troy. But I'm in the mood for some place a little more unusual. Computer, run Barkley program 15. Notice how Dwight Schultz changes his va- his voice and his accent uh, quite a bit here throughout this episode. I'm not really, I, I, I think it's his mood and changes it. Cast off your inhibitions and embrace love, truth, joy. Now Troy is in this sort of wooden glade and she's in these robes, sort of a, a goddess kind of look. Uh, the... Uh, Say she's the goddess of empathy. So obviously we're learning that Barkley has this little bit of a problem with uh, fantasy and, and reality, and he's got different approaches. You know, it's using not that you uh, the holodeck to sort of escape reality, and that that is the focus in, in the main point yeah, of this episode. Yeah, a real project, all right. I just need to draw him out some more, and I shut him down. Poor Barkley. Pardon me, but why is Lieutenant Barclay being referred to clandestinely as a vegetable? It's a joke, Data. You know a nickname? Nicknames generally denote fondness, a diminutive shared between friends. Data's absolutely right. The nickname stops here and now. Captain's orders. What the hell? Yeah, one of the crewmen, his glass is, uh, like, leaking and sort of uh, messed up. But again, the, uh, you know, the, the point of this episode is Barkley having this problem with, you know, his, his life and, and reality. And, of course, he's slipping off into this holodeck fantasy world at every opportunity to sort of... The structure Escape of the, glass the problems that he's having with, level. with his real life. And uh, this has a lot of parallels, of course, these the days where people are, you know, the there's a lot of discussion glass. about people playing video games and MMOs and online, you know, Earth things origin, or online chatting with other people and, and, you know, to escape well, I can't detect uh, some things they face, whether it's their home life or their work or just their life in general. So this episode was very interesting, I thought, and Complete diagnostic check of the Enterprise to systems. all that era because this episode came, you know, really before that happened with Glad the internet boom and, hey, and everyone being online so much, I, and, I just, and the joke of you know everyone oh, no. being online to Not avoid really. reality. What? Here we have Barkley, you know, playing on the holodeck all the time to Got avoid you know you. the problems in his real life. Somehow, the molecular structure of this cup from Ten Ford has been altered. 
We need to run through the power systems to see if there's a leak that caused this. I had... I, 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 I was going to do that. You were? Yes. To, to try to explain the anti-grav unit failure. I still can't. I, nothing about it makes sense. Then it is possible that these two very disparate incidents could be related. I wouldn't the, bother you with something that's minor, Commander, but it may be a thing here about this uh, that, that you, you we'll see with Barkley, and he starts to we'll have a better a idea in this Barclay episode. To check on the power he just needs to be drawn out a little Lieutenant bit. The Barclay guy has obviously a, a uh, between the two incidents. dial down the volume on but the uh, no, DVD a little. I mean, the, really. He has a vivid imagination, which shows up in the holodeck, and that can be used for good and to discover problems, too. We'll have to shut off some systems. We'll. Shut them down a few at a time. It shouldn't, uh... I don't think so. Good. I look forward to your report, Mr. Broccoli. Barclay. If you will excuse me. Whoops. Uh, obviously there, Picard slipped where he didn't want to say that. It was just a mistake. Metathesis is one of the most common of pronunciation errors, sir. A reversal of vowel and consonant. Bark to Brock. Yes, I know him. He comes in, he stands at the bar. He doesn't say much. He orders a warm milk. <laughs> Figures. Warm milk helps you sleep, LaForge. You should try it. What's this have to do with Barclay? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure the man out. Do you ever talk to him? He doesn't talk much. Does he have any friends? Not that I've seen. <sighs> what do you do with a guy like that? You well, obviously I just serve him warm get milk to know and him and become his friend. Be. Yeah, well, I'm not so lucky. I can't let him be. He's my problem. Hmm. Well, he's imaginative. How do you know that? I know. Well, then maybe he's in the wrong line of work. Hmm. You uh, engineering types don't appreciate imagination? That's not it, Guinan. It, he just doesn't fit in here. Oh. Turkum. What? Reminds me of Turkum, my mother's brother. Sort of the family misfit. Everybody told me to stay away from him. Bad influence. Did you? Are you kidding? He's the only member of my family who had a sense of humor. Except no one ever stayed around him long enough to realize it but me. My mother tells me I remind her of him, and I probably do. The idea of fitting in just repels me. Yeah, I'm with Maybe Guinan I'm not making on myself that. clear, Guinan. I don't really ever Barkley, like to fit in or be the normal he's person. He's always and, late. Uh, you know, the man's and nervous. I, you learn over nobody time wants that to be there's a lot of other guy. misfits if out there like you. If I that nobody wanted to be around uh, me, that you can uh, become friends with, then you just have to find a, a common Guinan, ground. And that's what you know. Sure. Barkley needs in this episode, and what uh, what they need to discover about him as well. Computer, where is Lieutenant Barkley? Yeah, so LaForge uh, 
looks for Barkley, discovers he's on the holodeck, and uh, when he walks in, he's he's finding this you know wooden uh, foresty area with uh, Barkley uh, inside. Reg. Now he sees Dr. Crusher on a swing. Beverly? <laughs> Good morning, my lord. Manners, my son, manners. You embarrass me before our guest. Pastor Barkley will spank you if you misbehave. Wesley? What do you want? <laughs> Wesley's well, there, I done up like I a want boy who Master eats a whole Barkley. pie. The boys got into another little scrap, I'm afraid. But boys will be boys. We have Jordy, Data, and I uh, here. You trying to get a good Mr. look. Barkley. Say you will yield and it ends here. I shall speak with my sword, sir. So they're having a nice little sword fight. Uh, they're done up as like the musketeers. Yeah, it's Picard. Well, obviously, Picard is, uh, in, in reality, is pretty good defenseman. In God's name, where did you learn to fight like this? Self-taught, my Capitan. Shall I give you a few lessons? I really like the way they did the set on this episode. It's very nice. Who is that? One of your allies, Jean-Luc. Not that old trick. I'm very disappointed in you. <clears throat> now Barkley realizes the uh, the jig is up. I'll make it easy for you, Commander. I will request a reassignment. And then I'll wait. Look, we both know the whole ship knows. I I just can't cut it here. Hey, Barkley. I've spent a few hours on the holodeck too, you know. Now, as far as I'm concerned, what you do in the holodeck is your own business, as long as it doesn't interfere with your work. That's the key, too, there. You're not going to tell anyone you know, about I, this. I'll always remember that, uh, your that line in Shore Leave, like you know, where the more disciplined the mind, the care, caretaker of the Shore Leave planet says, the more need for the simplicity kind of, of play and... You know, Barkley know. has such a vivid imagination. The only problem is it is well, it taking just... over. It is, it's somebody who would play like an MMO, but it, you know, he quit work or would ignore his his real steam. life and his family because one, to his one, detriment, to their uh, detriment. The officers you know, it's okay to have a little fun, watch a TV back. show, a movie, play a game online, guess. as long as it's, you know, with moderation. It was you. It, that's the key again. I, I Barkley's it, it's taking over his life and filling filling it up completely. I don't know. There's a, a part of this that's kind of therapeutic. Maybe you ought to talk to Counselor Troy about it. it it's it's it, uh, I'm when I'm in there, I'm just more comfortable. You you don't know what a struggle this has been for me, Commander. Well, I'd like to help if I can. Being afraid all of the time of forgetting somebody's name, not not knowing 
what to do with your hands. I mean, I, I am the guy who writes down things to remember to say when there's a party. And then when he finally gets there, he winds up alone in the corner, trying to look comfortable examining a potted plant. You're just shy, Barkley. Just shy. Sounds like nothing serious, doesn't it? You can't know. Brian to LaForge. Go ahead. I need you in transporter room three, Commander. On my way, Chief. Listen, Reg. I really do want you to talk to Counselor Troy. Troy? No, 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 no. I, I, I couldn't. I mean it. As your friend and as your commanding officer. Yeah, this episode, too, for me at least, kind of hits home to a degree because... I was synchronizing tell you, I don't know if I've uh, transition coils. said this story before very much, but um, back uh, probably middle school, terrain. junior high, early high school, I, I was a very shy person. I, I had a couple of friends, but that's about it. I, I tended to be, the, you know, a lot like Barkley. Uh, and uh, one thing that actually helped a lot of that was my interest in Star Trek and sci-fi and the way the, the characters and, and the you know the kind of heroes that I would see would sort of act, and eventually I kind of you know through Glad different experiences and watching some of that was a help, and and just meeting other people that shared my interests sort of brought me out of my shell. And by I'd say late junior year, senior year, year in no high school, I, I was almost like the, the opposite of the way I used to be. The then I turned into almost like the guy who was we don't know why only you know leading the pack a little, to, you know, not really a pack, yet. but. I'd slowly just, I just, the fear and, and, the, and the dread, I just kind of completely pushed to the side, and Advise and then Mr. I just Park learned that just to kind of go for it and not to be afraid of anything hours, almost, and uh, and used what I had learned hours. to realize that, you know, these people really couldn't hurt me, and I was a person that could offer a lot and have a lot of fun too, and it's just... It's hard to explain, to but I, I completely understand Barkley oh. here, and and really kind of can you know can empathize Have you ever with been him. Have with a counselor before? Yes. No. Which one? Yes, but she. Uh, it, it it wasn't. It wasn't really a counselor. Most people find a counselor intimidating at first. It's okay if you feel that way toward me. Not yeah, except I was, uh, you know, at all. kissing you Good. a couple hours ago on the holodeck. Now, lean back, close your eyes. Why? I want to make you more comfortable. <laughs> you do. Yes. You, you, the, they play with you a little bit in this episode to, to, you know, do you... Is this each time you see these situations, is it real or is it the holodeck again? It's okay. Close your eyes. What are you going to do? Just listen to the sound of my voice. Take a slow, deep breath in through your nose. And let it out through your mouth just as slowly. That's better, isn't it? Much better. Oh, yes. 
Oh, yes, that's... That's much better. That... That... That is extremely helpful. Thank you for your time. But... Really, that's very helpful. In... Through the nose... Out through the mouth. I'm going to practice that, and I'll... I'll, I'll let you know. Thank you again. Now he's just escaping, oh. basically, and... Uh... Obviously, that was only part of what she wanted to try to help him with. I had a very strange visit from one of your officers today. Barkley? Yeah, I can imagine. Were you able to do anything for him? To be honest, I'm not sure what happened. Where is Mr. Barkley? It's past 1,400 hours. Lieutenant Barkley, report to the bridge. Lieutenant Barkley, report. Computer, locate Lieutenant Barkley. Lieutenant Barkley is in holodeck two. <sighs> I'll get him. No, I'll handle this. I've had it with him. Counselor, you'd better come along. So, uh, again, you know, she was trying to help. He, he kind of dodged out of it a little bit. And, and that's program. to be expected. It's, it's a difficult thing. I don't care he's, what he's been running. He's in a certain kind of state shell of, of his own. And it's going to be a, a long process for him to get out of it. Now they're back on the holodeck. And uh, with uh, Troy, Riker, and Jordy looking for uh, Barkley. And they're about to discover his sort of fantasy world here as well. One thing about this is, uh, you know, with the holodecks like and the kind of things they can do in the, in the, on the Enterprise and in the 24th century, I'm kind of surprised that there's not a bunch more people who do this kind of thing and, you know, kind of get through their, their daily frustrations and problems and difficulties by creating a, a fantasy world on the holodeck. If Barclay is having difficulty facing reality, to suddenly destroy his only means of escape would be brutal. And could do considerable damage. They are quite disagreeable, aren't they? Mm. Looks like Brent Spiner at Data Shall here has a, has a lot of fun with uh, dressed up as a musketeer and lighted. We shall thrash them. Oh God! You'll notice here too, Brent. Uh, in this episode, sword, you'll notice in, in other episodes as well. Brent is uh, left-handed. I don't have a sword. He's now, holding his, his foil sword, in his left hand. I don't expect to fight. Ha! Do I detect a streak of and I, when yellow I actually, along uh, the I did some fencing in college. I, I've talked about that before, but I'm a left-handed fencer, and it was uh, it was always interesting because that usually threw a right-handed opponent off. And it uh, it just always seemed. Uh, although I do some things right-handed. Am I late? Did I miss the fight? Oh, and now Riker shows up also. <laughs> you, sir, you have a familiar bearing. Is it possible our swords have crossed somewhere before? Where is he? Where's Barkley? Ah, personal grudge. I warn you. It would be wise for you to put your affairs in final order before you meet him in combat. You challenge the greatest sword in all the holodeck. <laughs> you think this is funny? You are very tall. 
It might be threatening to some people. Mr. Barkley will find out what it means to be threatened. Computer, discontinue image of Riker. Sir, you have no sense of fair play. Just tell us where to find Barkley. And, uh, and Wesley's still over there, too, eating a bunch of pie, which is... Uh, I don't know where Barkley got that idea. I guess that he was just this little him. kid of crushers, and he, he because you know, of the way he treated him in engineering and that, life, as long uh, as you turned him into this just sort of silly pie-eating boy. You're taking it so seriously. It's not without its element of humor. I am the goddess of empathy. Cast off your inhibitions and embrace love, truth, joy. Oh, my God. Discard your facades and, now Troy and reveal sees herself. your true being and now to me. She's maybe Computer, not so Computer, belay that order. We want to get more insight into what's been troubling this poor man, remember? <laughs> Riker's having a field Quite day a healthy fantasy with this life. now. Wouldn't you say? Mm. Report. Sir, our velocity increased to warp 7.25. Compensating, sir. Confirmed. Velocity now warp seven. Obviously, they're still having malfunctions and things, and it's all interrelated, as you find out by the end of the episode. I'm not certain why, sir. They appear to be working normally now. Picard LaForge. Go ahead, Captain. Commander, any explanation for this injector problem? Well, um, I'm not in engineering, sir. I'm in holodeck two. Another malfunction? Not exactly, but I'll return to engineering immediately, sir. Yes, I should say that you should, Commander. Your holodeck activities can wait until later. And, Commander. Yes, sir. It would be wise to consult Lieutenant Barclay on this latest incident. I'd like to very much, Captain. LaForge out. We need to find Barclay now. Cast aside your masks and let me slip into your minds. Muzzle it. <laughs> uh, it's uh, poor Barkley. Now they do find him with uh, he's sort of laying in the lap of uh, Doctor uh, Crusher and asleep. And he's obviously going to be pretty darn embarrassed now. We have a lot to talk about, Mister Barkley. Commander, Barkley and I had better get to engineering. Dismissed. I think it's sort of, in a I way, kind couldn't of uh, flattering. I worked 12 hours on the power systems, and then, then the transporter went down. Reg, you had a chance to get some help from the real Counselor Troy, but instead you went back in there. I know. I didn't want to. I just couldn't help myself. You're going to be able to write the book on holodiction. Look, I know how easy it is to get caught up in it. I fell in love in there once. Really? But I knew when it was time to turn it off and say goodbye. It wasn't easy, but I did it. You know, the people that I create in there are more real to me than anyone I meet out here. Except maybe you, Commander. I need you out here, Reg. Now more than ever. Huh? And that 
that's that's good. That's an important point. He's slowly becoming friends with Jordy and, and showing he's valuable oh, and, and needed out in the board. real world and, and not uh, the forge to bridge. You know, just the holiday. Go ahead, Recommend we go to impulse power, Captain. Take us out of warp. Time to open some more Gatorade. I think. controls are not responding, sir. It's the injectors. Override. It's not a computer problem. The mechanism is physically jammed. I can't clear it. Speed increasing, sir. Warp 7.6, 7.65. Broccoli, fix it. Warp 7.7. We can't shut it down, Captain. Antimatter flow is increasing. She's accelerating out of control. There's nothing I can do. Oh, come on. There's something you can do, I think. Warp 9, sir. Ready, let. Estimated time to structural failure? At this rate of acceleration, 15 minutes, 40 seconds, sir. Did you copy that, Jordy? Aye, Commander. Recommendation. I'll let you know as soon as we have some. LaForge out. Okay. This ship is going to start tearing itself apart in 15 minutes. I want every idea on the table. I don't care how outrageous. What about attempting a magnetic quench on the fusion pre-burners? No, I already tried that. The magnetic fields won't reset. Could the fuel inlet servos be caught in cycle? If they were, the swirl dampers would be frozen too, and they aren't. Nothing showed up in the, the diagnostic suite at all? The, the tests showed there were problems. I, I mean, there were no problems with the, f flow, the flow of the... There's nothing wrong with the computer control protocols or the power transfer systems. As far as we can determine, the injectors are just physically jammed. Injectors freeze, anti-grav unit goes down, transporter malfunctions, and a twisted glass. What's the connection? Exceeding warp 9.4. Begin evacuation of secondary hull. Prepare for emergency saucer separation. Standing by to release docking clamps. Reroute system to primary hull power sources. The plasma flow to the nacelles is uneven due to injector lock. An emergency saucer separation could rupture the warp field. Twelve minutes to structural failure, sir. None of the systems involved interact directly with each other. I don't see anything in common. What, what if, what if, one of, one of us is the connection? Us? How? I don't know. But we're looking for a systemic explanation, and there isn't one. I mean, we work with all of the systems that are affected. What if, what if we're transmitting something ourselves by, by touching it or something? The computer would have picked up anything dangerous. But... If it was something, something that we couldn't scan, you might have passed it on to the injectors when you were realigning the magnetic capacitors. It was your glass, Duffy, and both of you were present in the cargo bay when the anti-grav failed. So was O'Brien. The transporter malfunction, that's a connection too. Danger, approaching safety limits of engine containment field. Computer, list all physical substances that wouldn't normally be picked up by an internal scan. There are 15,525 known substances that cannot be detected by standard scans. Huh. Great. And how many of those many. can exist in an oxygen atmosphere? 532. And could alter molecular structure when it comes in contact with, with glass? Five. On screen at this station. Duffy. Jackmanite has a half-life of 15 seconds. There wouldn't be enough time to spread it around the ship. Right. Selginium and Leucovexitrum are highly toxic. Yeah, we'd all be dead by now. That leaves Salzgadum and Invidium, neither of which has been used for decades. 
But could either one of them cause all these malfunctions? Most of the affected systems weren't even invented when those substances were in use. Who knows what could happen with a transporter or a magnetic capacitor? Wait a minute, wasn't Invidium used in medical containment fields? Not for over a century. The Mikolaks might still be using it. And one of those canisters was broken. The forged to bridge. We have a working theory, Captain. There's a good possibility we picked up some Invidium from a broken canister in the cargo bay and have been spreading it around the ship. Working theories are fine, Jordan, but we need a working solution in about five minutes. Understood, Commander. We're on our way to Cargo Bay 5 for confirmation. So these canisters that uh, they had on board have this substance, basically, that's interfering with their, their ship. Nothing on the tricorder. Course, because Danger. you can't scan it, right? Exceeding safety limits of engine containment field. At current acceleration, structural failure will occur in three minutes, 30 seconds. If it's in there, it should show up on one of the polarity channels. There it is. Duffy and O'Brien picked up the broken canister and became contaminated. If we can get it the Invidium down to minus 200 degrees Celsius, it'll become inert. LaForge to bridge. Invidium has been confirmed. Recommend we flood the injector pathway conduit with gaseous cryonetrium. That ought to neutralize it. Question is, will the injectors come back online? They sustain considerable damage, Captain. I can't guarantee that we'll be able to regain control. We don't have much choice, do we? No, sir. Make it so. Yeah, it's, I was about to say, you know, it's like uh, the ship's Route about to blow up. Route primary coupling to starboard uh, transfer conduit. Routing. Ready for engine core injection. At current acceleration, structural failure will occur in 45 seconds. Injector conduit temperature minus 100 degrees Celsius. Transfer injector control to manual. Ready, sir. Temperature now minus 190 degrees. Minus 200 degrees, sir. Injector status. Matter injector is online. Antimatter injector still locked. At current acceleration, structural failure will occur in 30 seconds. Cycle power through ventral relay. Antimatter injector online. Reducing flow capacity. Commencing warp engine shutdown, sir. Ah, there you go. All there is to it. Stand down from red alert. Nice work, Jordy. Mr. Barkley and I thank you, sir. Acknowledged. The ship has been seriously contaminated with Invidium, sir. Recommend we set a course for Starbase 121 for a complete systems and bio decontamination. Understood. We got out. Glad you were with us out here in the real world today, Mr. Barkley. You saved the ship, Mr. Barkley. Now, uh, Reg is uh, back up on the bridge, uh, walking towards the front of the bridge. Or is it the real bridge? It has been most difficult to reach this decision to leave you. But after thinking about it and discussing it at length with Counselor Troy, I think it's for the best. 
I just wanted to thank you all for your support. You'll always be welcome here, Reg. I know. That's why it's so difficult to leave. It was a pleasure to serve with you, Mr. Barclay. Good luck, Reg. It's been fun. Ah, the Kirk line. Computer. End program. Erase all programs filed under Reginald Barclay. Accept program nine. Yeah, I like the little twist at the end where he's, you know... Well, maybe not Program 9. Which one was Program 9? A lot of fun uh, episode. Dwight Schultz, Barkley, Hollow Pursuits. Uh, just, just so much fun. Great episode. And a, and a good message, too. And I, I think a, a very relevant these days, you know, with with the... Like I was saying during the show... The internet and gameplay and I and just and it isn't just that you know people have always throughout throughout history and throughout a long you know periods of time have always tried to find other ways to sort of escape their lives. Sometimes it's things like drugs, alcohol, whatever uh, things that are fairly damaging. And you know this this can be just as damaging, maybe more psychological than uh, you know physical. But it's all it's all within moderation. I've never really been that hooked. I you know I like to play you know things like World of Warcraft, but I, I don't play very often, and uh, it doesn't you know I normally interfere with anything else that's going on for me. In fact, uh, you know that I'm probably the very much the exception. I know some people who get really hooked into these things. Uh, let me start stop this uh, DVD. Uh, the uh, you know they'll get really hooked into this stuff and really they they only can come to sort of Barclay's decision, which is to you know delete everything and to just stop completely doing that whatever they're doing like playing a, a particular video game or whatever they're they're doing that's taking them away from their real life. So uh, great great fun episode and I hope everyone enjoyed uh, hearing it and hearing my comments about Hollow Pursuits. Next up, uh, we have uh, another special treat. This is the Moyers and their look at this episode. Hi, this is Rick. And this is Nathan. And this is the the Father Father and Son Son Review. Review. Today we're excited, Rico, that you are reviewing Hollow Pursuits, one of the all-time best TNG episodes ever. What did you... I'd have to agree with you on that. That was really good, wasn't it? Uh Uh-huh. Kind of fun to see Wesley on the the swing eating the pie and just all the really cool things. Mother! My son Wesley Barkley will, or or Master Barkley will spank you. Yes, yeah, spank me, spank me. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, anyway, um, we're not going to talk very long because um, I did this song, uh, another parody song, um, to the old Aldo Nova song "Fantasy," and uh, it's called "Life Is Just a Holodeck." I was born in the '90s, so I take no part in this. Yeah, so I got to do my heavy metal voice. How many stars do you give this before we go into the song? Almost five. I would say as well. Almost five stars for this episode as well. Really, really good episode. So it would be negative five Sarah Jane Chronicles. Gee, stop it already. Okay, here we go. Here it is. Life is just a holodeck.
Captain's log, Stardate 43807.4. We're taking on a load of special tissue samples donated by the Mikolax for shipment to NAMI-4. The samples could prove vital to the containment of an outbreak of Corellium fever on that world. sitting in on the mission briefing with my senior officers in the morning. The, the briefing? Me? I'd like your input. What on? I mean, do, 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 do you want me to prepare a... No, uh, no, just, just be there. 800 hours. I'll, I'll be on time, sir. Good. Carry on. Can't you see? 
Computer, run Barclay Program 15. I just wanted to thank you all for your support. You'll always be welcome here. I know. That's why it's so difficult to leave. It's a pleasure to serve with you, Mr. Barclay. It's been Computer. End program. Oh, another great song from uh, the Moyers. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, always fun to hear those. And uh, a fitting song, I believe, for this episode, Hollow Pursuits, and about Reg and Reginald Barclay. So uh, I forgot earlier, I have a call here. This is about last week's podcast about the episode that was covered then, Tuvix. And I should have played this earlier in the podcast. It would have fit in better, but... Uh, I, I did uh, get you know have the file here, and I just realized I, I didn't play it earlier. Anyway, this is from uh, someone who I don't think has called in before. His name is Brendan, and he has some comments about Tuvix. So here you go with that. Hi, Rico. It's Brendan in College Park. I've surfaced uh, once again after a long absence. I believe it's been months and months since I've sent anything into you, but uh, I guess life gets in the way sometimes. But I've still been lurking, listening to the show, uh, and it's still great. Keep up the work. Um, I did feel compelled to send in a bit of a counterpoint to uh, your most recent discussion of Tuvix. Um, let's just say Tuvix is an episode that I've spent uh, a lot of time talking about with uh, Star Trek friends of mine. Um, one one friend uh, who completely agrees with with me on it, uh, and another friend who does not, and uh, we have many a fun debate about uh, the moral issues in the episode, but um, to put it in a nutshell, I basically am horrified by the the morality um, that, the, that the writers present in, in Tuvix. Um, I, I suppose... That I just uh, I side with with what Tuvix has to say. Um, in you know, the fact is that as I see it, uh, Neelix and Tuvok are both gone, uh, and the the being you have there in front of you um, in terms of in terms of the crew um, and the decision they have to make the the being, the sentient life form uh, that they have in front of them is Tuvix. And because he is there in the flesh, uh, I believe he has rights. Um, And so (laughs) when that sentient being says he does not wish to die, um, I believe that, that the crew, Voyager, what right do they have to kill him, to execute him? Um, it is an execution, as he says. Um, and and so, uh, when, when Janeway decides um, that she's going to kill him against his will, uh, I... I I basically see it as murder, and I, I must say I find the whole 
the whole episode a bit perplexing as far as the direction the writers were trying to go because to me the scene in which Tuvix runs around the bridge you know begging for someone to stand up for him um crying out that you know this is this is murder uh the scene is so horrifying um uh, i can't imagine that the writers actually intended for us to side with the decision made by Janeway um, just by how chilling that scene is and so if they did intend for us to side with that decision I think the way it's portrayed in the episode does a terrible job of getting us to side with it Um, if if they did not intend for us to agree with the moral decision then they they basically had the crew commit murder or Janeway commit murder personally and have have the you know rest of the crew just stand by and watch it um, and that for me just essentially removes the moral authority uh, of the crew for I mean the rest of the series um, unless you want to hit the big old Voyager reset button and pretend like pretend like it never happened which uh, I guess the series often did. But, yeah, so, anyway, Rico, uh, sorry to go on rambling for so long, but I guess it's just it's an episode I feel really strongly about, um, and I suppose that's what a good Star Trek episode does, but I guess I just I feel strongly about it in all the wrong ways. Um, but it was it was definitely interesting to hear you talk about it and uh to to hear another perspective um so just uh keep up keep up the good work uh and I'll check in with you later bye well thanks for your call brendan uh, and I just want to say at first uh, you know I completely uh understand and and respect uh, you know your perspective and what you have to say about the episode two vix and again like you said. You know, this is what makes Star Trek interesting and great, I think, is is the sort of, you know, gray area and, and middle ground and, and conflicts and, and different ideas that they try to bring forth. Just a little bit of a counterpoint to, to your counterpoint, though. The only thing I'll have to say, a couple a couple things I'll just say quickly. I talked a lot about Tuvix last week, so we won't go too long. But the way I, I looked at it more towards the end was that by not... Um, uh, basically, like you said, executing or killing Tuvix, by not doing that, they were effectively, if they didn't do it, they were killing both Tuvok and Neelix. They knew they had a way to bring both of those uh, entities, both of those beings, both of those characters back. So, uh, frankly, it's kind of a two-for-one thing. Uh, yes, they had to eliminate Tuvix to do that. Tuvix uh, really would never have come into being except due to this accident that happened, this transporter accident. And uh, they found a way to reverse that, or a way fairly quickly. And I think I mentioned something in this last week's episode that and only a couple of weeks had gone by. I think it would have been a lot more complicated and difficult a decision if months had gone by, and then they had finally figured out a way to reverse the process. Then it would have been a lot stickier, I think, uh, for the captain and for everyone to deal with, and Tuvix and everything, just all the whole situation. Uh, but since only a couple of weeks had gone by and they had a way, okay, we can fix and bring Tuvok and Neelix back, they're they're not dead anymore then, basically. 
and bring them back because I think Tuvix, as he went on, he wasn't really either of those characters anymore. You could say that, yeah, okay, Tuvok and Neelix lived inside of him, but eh, not really, and, and they and they weren't you know their own individual beings. So again, I I just look at it as they they could get Tuvok and Neelix back by doing what they did, and it's sort of in a way. Uh, a sad situation like I, I think of, you know, triage that they do sometimes in, in emergency situations and in wars where, well, I can save those patients. If I worked on this guy, I probably can't save him, but I could work on those couple over there and probably save both of them type of situation. Not, a, not of course, an easy decision, and I don't think Janeway found it an easy decision, as you can see in the episode. She's she's pretty broken up over the whole deal. But um, just just my view, and again, I, I completely respect yours, and there's a good example of, uh, you know, differences of opinion about a Trek episode, but I'm always uh, welcome and, and look forward to other people's uh, voices as well on episodes that I might talk about. So thanks for calling, Brendan. Okay, this episode has, has run long, and I was going to do a collectible review, but I think I'm going to save it and, and talk about it uh, probably next week. Uh, it, uh, it, it's about a couple of, uh, uh, well, let's just say it's Harry Potter related. So we're going to save that one. I'll tease that a little bit there, but it's, I'm going to, uh, talk about that, I believe on next week's, uh, podcast. So, uh, I think next week's might be uh, a non-Trek, uh, show. I'm thinking about Babylon 5. That's probably what I'm going to cover on next week's podcast. Uh, not 100% sure, but again, check the, the main website, and I will announce that uh, later on uh, today. It'll be up there, what I'm going to be talking about on next week's show. I hope everyone enjoyed this week's episode uh, and podcast, or whatever you want to call it, show, podcast, episode, event, uh, thingy that I do each week. Uh, I, again, I really appreciate everyone always listening. Please send in your emails or call the voicemail, 206 206- Six 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 one two seven. If you have something to comment about Star Trek, sci-fi, or other geek-related subject, uh, lots of great stuff coming for the summer movies uh, and and some continuing TV as well. So, well, I know we're going to have lots to talk about. Also, going to do some kind of group Skype call here in the next few weeks and get everyone online and talk about all the TV and movies that we've been seeing. So uh, that'll be coming up in the next few weeks as well. I'm going to get out of here, edit this up, and get it posted up online. Uh, Check out the website. Check out the forums. I I constantly am seeing a lot more guests, uh, you know, sometimes up to 40, 50 guests on on the forums just sort of lurking there. If you haven't signed up and joined the forums, we're doing the RPG game. We've got a lot of good uh, people on there and more every day. So check that out. I, I think you'll enjoy it. So this is Rico signing off for this week and Trexin Sci-Fi. We're out of here. This has been a Rick Dusty podcast production. 